right, welcome to The Breakdown, everyone. I'm Kurt. And I'm Luke. We are so glad that you are joining us tonight for another awesome episode. Absolutely awesome. We always talk before, you know, we get on camera how fun it is to be here. And we thoroughly enjoy ourselves from those behind, you know, the scenes to those of us right here. It's always fun. This is like the highlight of my I know. Week. I know. I've been feeling that. So we thank you so much for joining us. Just want to uh, remind you guys about some exciting news. Absolutely. So starting on June 22nd, so Wednesday, June 22nd, the breakdown is going to be airing at 8 p.m. Yes. Going forward. Yep. Prime so time. if you tune in at 6.30, you're just going to be really early, <laughs> which is fine. Which I hopefully, yeah, yeah hopefully. Don't but <laughs> it's 8 p.m. It is 8 so. p.m. Yeah, hopefully a little more daylight. Yes. Spend some time with the family, maybe go swimming in the pool mm. and then come out and watch. But yeah. hey, with the, with the moving to the new time slot and, and we will post up the show and, and then post the podcast as well. So. You, we do want to start encouraging you to maybe open up your home and start having even like a watch party or a dialogue uh, because the original vision and purpose behind this breakdown is not just to have the two of us or a guest right. join us, but to begin dialoguing every week about this word that's coming right. forth on Sunday. Right. And like with the premise that this is what we're supposed to be doing. Yeah. We're all supposed to be taking the message uh, that Pastor Zach brings to the church yes. and then asking the Holy Spirit, how does this apply to my life? Are there points in the sermon where you're calling me to go deeper, mm -hmm. where you're calling me to um, unearth truths and doing my own study, you know? And so when we, and when Kurt and I have these discussions or anyone that comes on the show, anyone, yeah, in a sense is like, we're just modeling what we're all called to do as believers. That's so cool. And if we can do it, you can do it too. Absolutely. This, this breakdown is really just supposed to be a tool to facilitate that discussion. Yes. I know a lot of times, you know, my wife Jennifer and I will get in the car and we'll talk. And, and if the kids are sitting in on some of the services, they're getting older now. And so last week Noah sat in and he could just rehearse not only the funny points, but just some things that that's have, awesome. Pastor Zach was that saying, is like, awesome. this is great. Yes. You know, yes. and I've said this before here, but I want to say it again because it bears repeating. Um, the word that's coming forth on a Sunday, if it's Pastor Zach on a regular basis or a guest minister, we have to believe because of what we're looking at, this apostolic covering of the church, mm -hmm. we have to believe that that is a prophetic voice, a prophetic word pointing, as Pastor Zach shared on Sunday, pointing to where the Lord is leading. So Amen. that word yes. we should be meditating on regularly because we will often leave service and I'm thinking, okay, this is what I'm thinking right now, but I'll get into dialoguing with people throughout the week. I'll get into my studies mm -hmm. and I find it coming up and I'm seeing, wow, this is not just, you know, I sat down on a Sunday and heard a message twice or once, right. but I'm meditating on it mm -hmm. and it's becoming part of who I am. Absolutely. Which is what it's supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what, um, uh, Back in the Old Testament, that's what the what the Lord told the Israelites and Moses, you know, Moses shared that with them, that they're supposed to me meditate on the book of the law. That's it. They had to put it on the doorposts of their home yep. and bind it on their on their foreheads. Yes. And you still see that in Orthodox uh, Jewish cult, you know, cultures and religions where they'll do that with the, the Torah. But that pre that premise is what we're supposed to be doing today is we're, it. it's supposed to be so close to us mm. that it's in our it's in our, our our minds it's in our hearts that's it yeah I, I think that that's the whole point we have been given the holy spirit mm -hmm. and so when i'm going through a situation like we had some stuff come up yesterday and i and jennifer and i were dialoguing okay 
you know, what of this message are we seeing come to fruition now mm. as a result? So just really good stuff. I want to encourage you just to be meditating on the word that you're studying throughout the week, but also meditating on this word that's coming forth on a Sunday. Amen. So great so stuff. We're we ready to get we're in. We're diving in. Okay. Man. So we're diving in. We're continuing on the seven letter rampage. Not a series. <laughs> but a series. <laughs> but a series. <laughs> and it's so awesome. Uh, so we're at the church of Thyatira in uh, Revelation. Great job saying that, by the way. Thank you. You're so full of compliments for me. Well, I, I just try, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, no. So the first point is how how does Jesus present himself? Mm. And Zach emphasized this. How is Jesus presenting himself to each of these churches? And he comes in with eyes with flames of fire. Yes. Which Pastor Zach had two points, and I, and he was careful to say, hey, I, it may have been shared differently in the past, but this is what I'm sensing. Mm. Number one is that his vision for his church, his bride, if we remember that the church represents the bride of Christ. Yes. We are one church. So his vision for his church is purification. And the second thing that he said is that he felt that the Lord was communicating that the eyes of fire were that he can see us through mm. whatever fire that we're in. And I just felt, wow, that is so powerful for where we are right now um, mm -hmm. for a lot of individuals going through some major storms and fires. Right. And I think it's important that we understand what is the fire representing? Is it fire of judgment? Like, mm. you know, we think of fire and That's like, good. oh, the flames of hell or but is but really it's the fire of purification that's it and when jesus looks at us and his and when he looks at this particular church in thyatira our church today and then us individually when he looks at us with those flames it's not to cast judgment it's mm. to purify yeah. he see his vision for us is to be purified so good and then the the application point for us is now we are to look at others the way Christ does with that heart of, uh, of, a, of a desire for their own purification. And in 2 Corinthians 5, 16 to 18, uh, Paul writes, so we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. Yeah. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view, how differently we know him now. Yeah. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. Mm -hmm. So that task of reconciling people to God is, yes, calling them to God, but it's also looking at them as they are, knowing that Christ wants to change them. Yes. And, we're, and so when we do the work of confronting them in their sin, when we do the work of walking them through this process of becoming more and more like Jesus, we're not doing it as judgment. We're doing it out of love the way Christ does for us. That's so good. I think you're bringing up an excellent point here, because if we feel like we're submitting ourselves to the judgmental fire, it's going to be harder to put yourself on that altar. Right. You know, and not only does Jesus present himself as the one or describe himself as the one with burning, you know, flames of fire in his eyes, but also burnished bronze feet. Mm. And I think it does go hand in hand. And Zach brought us right back to the symbolism of 
you know, the tabernacle in the wilderness and you see that bronze made its place, you know, at the altar, the brazen altar, and also in the bronze laver. And it is that place of purification. Yes. So if we can yes, recognize is. that we're coming to these fiery eyes, we're submitting ourselves. Hebrews actually says, you didn't come to a mountain that's flashing and lightning and with all thunder, but you came to Mount Zion. You came to a mountain of praise. Amen. And so we come with the sacrifice of praise. Right. Submit ourselves to this holy one who will be purified just by looking at him. Right, right. We keep our eyes intently on Amen. him. Amen. And I think it's so important that when we submit to, when we think of submitting ourselves to the gaze of Jesus with his eyes of fire, it's not for punishment. It's not for punishment. It's good. He does this because he loves us. Yeah. And if we're afraid, well, that's Satan trying to make us afraid. That's it. And trying to keep us, you know, hidden. And and we're supposed to like try to pull away from Christ. Yeah. If that's what, you know, that's what Satan's trying to get us to do. But in Christ, there is no, there is no fear. That's it. And it's always love. That's it. Because perfect love will always cast out Amen. fear. And God corrects those whom he loves. And Pastor Zach was saying this, and he scourges. Every son that he brings close to him, mm -hmm. that's a hard pill to swallow, right. but it's because of love. Right. It's because of love. And I think we do have a hard time with that sometimes, Luke, because maybe not everybody was raised and disciplined. No, under... it, even the most loving parents yep. will never no, be perfectly it. loving no, when it. they discipline. <laughs> we blow it all even the time. Even the most loving people. Yes. I'm, I'm not a parent, but... I haven't always been the most loving when I'm pointing out, you know, issues in someone's life or even in my own life. We don't always love ourselves. Yeah. We condemn ourselves. Yeah. We really do. And this brings up another really excellent point. Um, you know, as we start looking at Jezebel, that was one of the big factors this week with this church was the issue with Jezebel. And we were talking about this mm -hmm. earlier before we got on the mic that, you know, the scripture tells us in John 1 that the law came through Moses, but grace and truth mm -hmm. came through Jesus. And so as we start hinting towards this issue of tolerance and what it means to tolerate, there really is a difference between knowing the truth and having a loving, gracious way of communicating right. and living out that truth versus love is love and we tolerate everything. But truth, this is one of the things that I, I really love that I learned so much from gleaning from Ravi Zacharias is truth is really the absolute and yeah. you and I decide where we stand. Truth is in the center. Right. And we choose to either align with truth or well, not. It, it, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So truth, truth cannot change. No. And so Jesus, the word of God, that is that is truth. And so we have to choose to allow ourselves to, are, am I going to align myself with this? Am I going to allow the Holy Spirit to you know, work this deeper into my life? Or am I going to rebel against it? Mm. And that kind of plays out with the way we we relate to each other, the world, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. But I really think it's important to first emphasize the work of the Spirit yes. in us. Yes, um, because the only way we can live out these, um, you know, what 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 this church in Thyatira is commended for, they're commended for their deeds, their perseverance, and that they've grown in their good works. Yes. Okay. Now, but at the foundation of that is the fruit of the spirit, mm -hmm. which we get we get in us by abiding That's it. in the vine, abiding in Jesus, living in Jesus. And John 15 goes all into that. 
which I thought was a great point. And, and Pastor Zach brought this up, that the fruit of the Spirit should be passively yes. occurring in your life. It should be something that just happens. It's a right. natural byproduct. From being connected. From being connected. That's John 15 is very clear that I'm the vine. Jesus says, you're the branches. And if you stay connected to me, you bear fruit. So the branch doesn't strain to bear fruit. It just stays connected to, to the, the vine. vine. So that's where we passively produce the fruit. However, I love that Pastor Zach brought it over to that it's going to increase in more deeds. Right, because the fruit isn't just meant to hang there on the tree. Yep. It's meant to nourish um, good works. And as, as Christ followers, we are to engage in these works in, in our families, mm -hmm. in, our, in our churches, and in our communities, uh, because it's by these deeds, by what we do, and that we show, number one, show the world who Jesus is. Yes. And then number two, we accomplish the work that Christ has for us, has for us to do. Well, I think this is so important too, because you you know, before we even get into the issue of tolerance right. and Jezebel, the Holy Spirit working in us, man, that is paramount to everything. We're just meeting with some staff today. It's step one. It really is. Yeah. It is. And, and going back to parenting, you know, how we parent, how we correct, how we deal with one another has to be by the unction of the Holy Spirit. Mm. We have to be led by the Spirit of God because we can have all the truth in the world. This is where a lot of Christians have been hurt by the Bible thumping. We, we can have all the truth in the world and we can have the right knowledge. But if there's no grace and there's no love behind right. it, then we've totally missed it. And so Christians... Right have in the past 20 years tried to make up for it right. by welcoming in tolerance. Right. And saying, okay, well, I guess we're just not going to share the truth. Yeah. Yeah. We're just like, going to shy no, away, no, shy no. away. <laughs> that's not what, that's, that's not, not what, what it means, means at all. At all. Yeah. It's, it's speaking the truth in love. All right. So now we'll, we'll get to the, uh, the, the issue of tolerance. So this is Jesus's spanking for the church. <laughs> yes. <laughs> is that, that they tolerate. Yeah. Okay. So, and they, they tolerate this woman, Jezebel, which we'll talk about after, but Focusing on tolerance mm -hmm. because tolerance implies you have an awareness that this situation, this person, <clears throat> what's going on here is not good. Mm -hmm. It doesn't align with truth, but I'm going to allow it to exist. And Zach said that, you know, to tolerate is to give up and to let go. And I think it's really important because that word tolerance is thrown around so much around us mm. that we don't, I don't think we really um, grasp that part of it where it is you're giving up. Mm -hmm. You're not, you're not coexisting. You're, 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 you're giving up. Yeah. You, you are literally relinquishing right. the God-given authority. Right. And so I think part of the reason right. that Jesus is saying you've tolerated that Jezebel is because we, we can't look at tolerance, I think, without looking at Jezebel. No. Because what he's, Jesus is saying is that you have let that illegitimate authority slip in, which means you had an authority to begin with. You had a place to stand like Ahab, and you chose to abdicate that place of authority. You chose to relinquish it. Mm -hmm. So then we can begin to look at, okay, Lord, where are the places of my life where I relinquished right. it? Right. We talked a little bit last week about what we're letting into our household, mm -hmm. what we're letting in, and what are all the filters and the media and all the experience. But this is, was a powerful point to tolerate sin. And, and Zach was saying, hey, I'm, I'm throwing this out there and I'm believing this is right. And I would say I agree. I, I think it is correct. To tolerate is sin correct. is worse than to commit sin. Yeah. You know, James 4, 17 says, remember, it is sin to know what you ought to do and then not to do it. Mm -hmm. So 
when we tolerate something or when we when we know that what we should do is right but we don't do it you've com- we have committed sin yeah um and you know i was thinking back to the sermon you preach where you're talking about lawlessness and how it can be like they there can be like conscious acts and yes. then also committed in ignorance correct and i think that you know when when we don't do what we know is right then that's like you have consciously then allowed law, like lawlessness to exist right well it's interesting because jesus says you have tolerated that woman mm-hmm. literally translates your wife. In other words, God didn't choose her. You have tolerated that woman, Jezebel, mm-hmm. and I gave her time to repent. And so there's this other whole element right. of that may be done in ignorance. There may be a place. So if we start to move from the from this point to a practical personal, because I think that's part yeah. of what we need to do. Right. What does it mean to have tolerance in my life? Well, one, there may be an ignorant place where we have relinquished authority. And I, I don't know that I have this problem. So so this is really good. We have to submit ourselves to the refiner fire, to the refiner's fire. We have to submit ourselves to his eyes. His gaze. Yeah. Yes. Say, Lord, where in my life? This is what I was doing. As I was sitting there, I'm telling you, the number one thing that was coming to me was, was my parenting, to be completely real saying my parenting in the 21st century, I have often wrestled through and struggled. Like, God, am I am I getting this right? Like, it is one of the biggest, that in my marriage is the biggest prayer point of my life. Mm. God, I want to make sure that I'm leading these children right and disciplining them right. And so I was immediately thinking, where have I abdicated? Where have I relinquished authority in terms of raising my children mm. and disciplining them? And so it comes back to the Lord is gracious. I love this point. He he gave time. Right. So there may be something that's done in ignorance. Right. And we need to come to the Lord and say, okay, Lord, where, where am I just right. relinquishing authority in my life? Right. And then I think also uh, Zach brought up in, in second service, he said, when you commit, you can quit. So when we commit a sin, yeah, we can we can quit it. And it and I think that what you have to focus on there is that when you commit a sin, there's like a tangible, like, I know I did this wrong. Yes. But then when you tolerate, he says, you can accelerate. Mm-hmm. So tolerating is when we when we haven't necessarily done the action. But as James says, like we've committed that sin in our heart. Mm. So there's no tangible action. And I think that that's it, it's so much it, it's so much more subtle than mm. when we actually do something wrong and then we feel that guilt of it after. Yeah. You know, and it kind of reminds me of, you know, what Jesus is calling us to when he says, you know, to look at a woman lustfully or to hate your brother in your heart is is the same as murder. It that's what that's what this reminds me of is like we have to go deeper to the root of sin in our heart. Yeah. Which before we get to the hot button issues of our day, I think this is part of the reason why the church has for the past several years been struggling with what do we do with these issues, Mm -hmm. sexuality transgender, all these different things. You know, Zach was highlighting the fact right. that this is a month where- It's a month it's, of tolerance. It's a month of tolerance and not just tolerance, but extreme celebration. Right. There's a pride that surrounds all this. And as a church, we have, we've fallen on one of two areas right. for, for several years now. It's the picketing, like Zach was saying, we're either picketing and saying, that's against God and everybody's going to hell. Or we're just like, well, we don't really have an answer. So everybody's we're just not going to say anything. Not going to say anything. We'll just love people. And it you cannot love apart from God. Right. And I was praying about this years ago. I said, Lord, what is our generation going to do to meet this, this need that is so crazy right now? And the Lord brought me back to the woman at the well, John chapter mm-hmm. four. Jesus met the Samaritan woman who 
knew some elements right. of truth, but he lovingly, graciously, prophetically walked her right. through. And I think that is a perfect illustration of what it means that he looks at us with eyes, with flames of fire. Mm. That's what it, that's how it plays out. Yeah. So if we would personally, before even getting to the big issues, I think part of the problem, Luke, is we're so concerned about these hot button issues. Right. We're not even letting the Lord search our own heart. Right. Where are the areas in my life that I have relinquished authority mm -hmm. and I'm just letting all this, I'm tolerating sin in my life. Amen. Where, Amen. where are there things that I am, you know, especially the habitual, perpetual things. Okay, Lord, what's, what's the link there? Right. This is part of what we do in yielding mm -hmm. and deliverance. We talk about this. What is the link that's there? Mm -hmm. And to go before the Holy Spirit and to submit yourself to that, say, I'm open, I'm listening now. Would you show me so that we can deal with this? Right. And I would say that's definitely step one. Step and one. then step two is who else in my life is walking with me, who knows me, who is who not only knows me as, as a person, but understands the work of God in me. Because mm. I think that's that's a, a part of, of walking in Christian community that's good. That's good. that we don't always flesh out. It's it's not just enough to get to know someone, like what they do for work or you know their, their story, but it's what is God doing in their life? Are they sharing that with you? Are you sharing that with them? Because then when we can, when we can grasp the work of Christ in each of us, then it's easier for us to call out mm. and to help facilitate that process. That's so good. Yeah, we don't get to live as Christians. We don't get to live on an island. And I think this is another trap of the enemy. We've said a couple of times on the show is that the enemy wants us to isolate and to recoil. And part of what can happen is when correction and conviction comes, we can recoil and right. we can pull back. But part of doing life in community, which is why Jesus had these disciples and they were constantly bickering and arguing right. because there is that flesh that has to be worked out that really, truthfully, can only be worked out in the presence of others. Right. In a in a relationship. Yes. In a relationship. And and Zach mentioned that the world needs to <clears throat> see because you know Jesus says that the world will know you by your love. Yes. By your love one for another. And Zach said the world needs the love. They have to see the love that confronts and they need to see that within us. Mm -hmm. So it's really important that um, we are first loving each other. And love is not just affirming me as I am. Yeah. It's accepting me as I am because Christ does that, but then it's also loving me to the place where Christ is calling me to be, and that's his truth. Yeah. Because my sinful, my sinful ways, they cannot coexist with his truth. No, they can't. They cannot. They can't. And I think this brings up something that's really important to talk about is who are we bringing this loving right. correction to? Right. Who, who is the who? You know, and, and you see here that Jesus is speaking to the churches which means they already have an established relationship with Christ. The Holy Spirit is in operation among them. So we can't take these principles and try to push them onto the world. Right, right. There's, there's a way where as brothers and sisters in Christ, we ought to be in fellowship. We ought to be in community. Mm -hmm. We ought to be able to encourage and even point out each other's weaknesses in a loving way, in a gracious mm -hmm. way. And we should be able to grow from that. Correct. We, we should love each other enough to not tolerate sin no. in somebody's life. No. There should be that love. We do it with That's our kids. That's not loving That's me. That's not love. That's not loving me. If you see something in my life that I haven't addressed, if you're just like, oh, I'm just not going to deal with that. That's going to be an awkward conversation. He probably knows about it. You know, he's working on that with God. Um, maybe he's going to counseling for it. It's like, 
that's not loving me because yeah. you're you're making these assumptions and you're you're just trying to coexist with my sins because you don't want to you don't want to make it awkward. But it's like, but loving me is gently calling me and to this place of truth and confrontation. And because we have a relationship, then I'm more likely to take that from you. Yeah. And I really believe that getting to that place where we can then turn and understand what it means to operate in the world, not mm-hmm. because we're not of this world, but Correct. to operate in the world as these believers and followers and not to expect that everybody that walks through the doors who's new, especially in our day and age, you know, we have got to really pray and seek the Lord. We can't tell everybody who's coming through who looks different, acts different, and doesn't understand. Right. We need to introduce them to the Savior, right. a personal Savior who can start the work inside mm-hmm. so that revelation can take place. Yeah, because Paul talks about this in First Corinthians five. He does. I love it. You know, and and I'll let I'll let you share because oh, it's so, okay, cool. I, I love it. Go ahead. <laughs> so in First Corinthians five nine through thirteen, uh, Paul writes, "When I wrote to you before." I told you not to associate with people who indulge in sexual sin, but I wasn't talking about unbelievers who indulge in sexual sin or are greedy or cheat people or worship idols. You would have to leave this world to avoid people like that. I meant that you are not to associate with anyone who claims to be a believer yet indulges in sexual sin or is greedy or worships idols, or is abusive, or is a drunkard, or cheats people, don't even eat with such people. It isn't my responsibility to judge outsiders, but it certainly is your responsibility responsibility to judge those inside the church who are sinning. God will judge those on the outside, but as the scriptures say, you must remove the evil person from among you. So that's why I think it's really important that this love that confronts, this happens within our body first. It does. It, it, it has to be in a loving relationship, which is why in our it starts in our home. Like I keep going to where I was with my children. Like the reason I have the ability to correct my children is because I'm their father. Right. I'm their loving father. It doesn't mean that everything comes across the right way all the time. I understand that. But it's relationship. Right. It's relationship that gives me the authority to speak right. into their lives. And I think that, again, if we can work on this part, I think we're getting really concerned about what it means to deal with the world. Right. And we're we're not even focusing on what's right in front of us, right. the ability to love and correct one another. So before we move on, I just want to kind of give us all a point to, to kind of take away at this point and say, okay, just ask the Holy Spirit to reveal this week an area of, of your life that maybe you're just tolerating sin, right. where you've relinquished that authority. You just right. kind of assume this is the way you're always going to be. This is the way it's always going to operate in your life. And just let the Holy Spirit put right. his finger on it. Yeah. And then, you know, because we've talked about how this toler- this not tolerating sin and this love that confronts, this happens first within the context of the church. Correct. So then how do we then relate to the world. How do we relate to the sinners? How do we relate to the sin that we see all around us? Because I think that's that's important too. It really it's is. not that oh, just because we we're not supposed to go out and judge the world, that doesn't mean that we affirm them in their sin. No, it's the goal is to establish relationships. That's it. But we have to do that while upholding truth. Absolutely, we do not abandon truth. That's so good. I'm so glad you're saying that. Because you know, like one thing that I've seen a lot, especially because uh, we are we're in June, and and you know, the world they call it Pride Month, and you have a lot of people like right now. This is where if you if if they are taking on that label of LGBTQ plus, 
they will post on social media their story and a lot of people will like and comment to support them. And I have seen Christians who I know do not, they believe, they believe that that is sin, yet they will like a post. Hmm. They will comment, even if it's just to say, I love you so much. And I think we have to understand this is, that is problematic. Yeah. That is very, very problematic because we are, you are doing that publicly and you are giving your silent stamp of approval in a sense, hmm. because you, you are not calling them out of love. You are, you are affirming them in their choice to live this lifestyle. Yeah. Luke, that is so good. And you know what? It's also very tricky what you're talking it's about. Very tricky. It's very, very tricky, tricky. Which again, if you go back to what we said 10 minutes ago, it's got to be the Holy Spirit. You know, and, and I just want to encourage you to read through John chapter 4, the woman at the well, because Jesus confronts her with love. He is love embodied, standing before her. And then he says to her, when she wants the truth, give me this living water. He says, well, go get your husband. Mm -hmm. Okay, so now she's hungry and thirsty but he's calling out the areas of her life and he does it in such a gracious way. So if we can understand that silent affirmation, right. like when you like something on a post, what you're are you actually it, communicating? You're endorsing it. Yeah, yeah. To like it might mean, hey, I love you and I support you. And But, but the thing is, we cannot be coming into agreement with the works of hell because light has no fellowship with right, darkness. Right. But that person, absolutely. They mm -hmm. are fully 100% love. Oh, absolutely. And, and I think that when people comment, they, it comes from a good place where they want to love this person. Mm. And I, I, I propose that a healthier way of doing that is to have a private conversation with them. Yeah. Because then you're fostering that relationship. So another point of dialogue this week as you're talking and praying with people and maybe just talking in your own household is how are we actively engaging, especially this month? How are we living out the love of Christ? You know, not being judgmental, but actually living out the love of Christ, not in tolerance, but actually walking with grace and truth like Jesus did. That's another good point of dialogue to really kind of talk through with the people at your house this week. Mm -hmm. And as we kind of get into our last few minutes, Jezebel. There's so much in this message. I don't know. I don't even know how we're going to cover like the, the last few <laughs> minutes of Jezebel. But I, I was dialoguing with a few people in the past, you know, several hours about the spirit of Jezebel and all these different things. Pastor Zach did a great job of pointing back to Second um, Kings 21, I believe it was. Uh, for, uh, First, First Kings. Kings 21. Yep. First Kings 21. And it's really good to go back and read it and basically to see that Ahab was established as king, but Jezebel was operating in his authority, but she wasn't given the right mm -mm. to. It was, quote, right. illegitimate authority, which he was saying Jackie Santos had shared. And I think this, this can be very, very tricky. I kind of wanted to bring this up. Um, we don't have a lot of time to deal with it. But for those who may have been hurt by a Jezebel title, I want to say living in this area for quite a while, I've met a lot of women who have unfortunately, and they're all women, been labeled as a Jezebel. Right. And it's like when you look at their lifestyle, it's not that they were a Jezebel. No, it's no. so challenging. And I want to say that I think Zach did a great job right. of really mapping this out. And I, I think that's key because a lot of people will use Jezebel spirit to refer to a woman. Yeah. But if we think of it as this is a drive for illegitimate authority, men can exhibit that too. Absolutely. So, and it's not a person. The That's Jezebel spirit so is not a person. Important. This was, it's, it's, 
it's a it's a it's a spirit fueled by Satan. It's an attitude mm-hmm. or a, a demeanor, a rise of our selfish nature within us that is fueled by spirit by by Satan to try to grasp for th- for authority in an illegitimate way. Absolutely. And so she was she was causing disruption within the church, mm-hmm. and she was leading she was leading people astray. This woman in Thyatira. So ultimately, yeah. what you see at the end here, which I know Pastor Zach, we're standing at this point when he's giving us this information, but ultimately what you see at the end here is to those who overcome, we're actually given the God-given authority that Jesus had. What, what ultimately is being uh, lied about and deceived with the Jezebel spirit, you don't get authority that way. It's the same lie of the garden. Oh, God doesn't want you. To, he's keeping this from you. You know, you you don't know. You'll be just like God. You're already like God. You already have that authority. So it's that deception that comes in, that Jezebel spirit that's lying and saying, hey, you know what? If you give this to me, you'll actually have this authority. Right. You're the king. You're the one. And it's puffing up. Mm. So a lot a lot to kind of unravel here. But a ton. A, there's a, a ton. <laughs> <laughs> But I just think, you know, what are what are some closing questions or remarks that you're, you've been meditating on with this message in particular? Well, I think number one, it's have I submitted myself to the the loving gaze mm. of the eyes of flames with fire of flames of fire, you know, because that to that to me really um, that 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 gripped me. Yeah, where it's yeah, I've we have this fear sometimes when we approach God. Yeah. But that's not how it's supposed to be. Mm-mm. It's I'm going to him, and yeah, he's gonna he's gonna pierce me, but he's gonna burn off all the stuff that's not supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, why wouldn't I want that? Mm. That's good. That's really good. So we want you just to be praying and to be considering this week. You know, again, just submitting yourself to those eyes of fire, knowing that we haven't come to this burning mountain of thunder and lightning, but to a gracious place, the place of Mount Zion, as Mm. Hebrews talks about, a place of praise and worship where we come to meet with the Lord. So knowing that, just be praying through this week, Lord, what are areas that I have tolerated sin in my own life or maybe tolerated something in my family that I need to step up and call out? Um, What are areas where I'm giving in to illegitimate authority? It goes hand in hand with that tolerance. Mm. I'm allowing illegitimate authority to run something Mm. in my life. Awesome. Well, let's pray as we close today. All right. Father, we just thank you for our time. We thank you for the study of the word. We pray that uh, our words and our our meditation would be pleasing and acceptable in your sight, Lord, our strength and our redeemer. You're the hope of our life. And so we pray that you would continue to lead us by your spirit and help us to understand even the weightier matters, even the things that we're diving into, help us to have open dialogue with the loved ones in our home that we're we're going to church with. Help us to talk about these things with our children and start preparing the next generation for all that you have for us. We trust you and we honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, everyone. I'm Kurt. And I'm Luke. That's The Breakdown. We'll see you next week. 